Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to part two. I know it's been a second. Hey, got shit to do, man. Got shit to do, but here we go. Take it away. Don't act like you're not impressed. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes. I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. All right. Part two of episode number 120. The Mysterious Disappearances in National Parks. Now, hopefully I I do know where I left off. I just don't know much more about that, about the stuff, of course, that I talked about and all the great stuff. Uh, I mean, not, not necessarily great stuff, but uh, interesting stuff, shall we say. And um, I know I know where I left off, which is a good thing. I just know, and I also know all the stuff that I talked about because all my notes here, of course, it's just that it's been uh, a couple weeks, I think almost three, right? And, you know, the flow kind of gets broken up a little bit, but stuff comes up, you have to take care of it, and that's how we work. But that's okay. Because you know why? Because we're here, we're alive, we're doing well, and, well, this is going to be quick, a quick one. And this time, I'm not lying. You know why? Because football season opens up today. Yeah, that's right. Recording this September 7th. The game starts in 45 minutes, and I am a big football person. I have been for a long, long time. I enjoy it. And I used to actually watch it a lot more, religiously kind of. Yeah, actually, probably religiously. And um, But, you know, I have other plans in life as far as stuff that I want to get off the ground, other projects that I work on, and just a lot of things going on. So... Football is not going to make me money unless I bet, but I'm fucking horrible at betting. I, I'm just, I lose all the time for the most part. So I'm not going to make money there. It's not like I'm making money uh, watching football. So I rather spend more time hustling and doing what I got to do in order to make some money. That way, when I do make it, well, I can have all the time I want for football, right? Because Money might not buy me full happiness, but it will buy me, it will give me options, and it will give me freedom. And that is better than anything. Freedom. So, with that being said, go Big Blue. No, they're not playing today, but I am a New York Giants fan. A lot of people go, well, why the Giants? Why the Giants? Listen, I came from Nevada, all right? Back in the day, years and years ago, up until a couple years ago, Nevada didn't have a team. I fell in love with the Giants. I, I don't even know what year it was. It was way early days, you know, uh, for me anyway. It was, uh, you know, Phil Simms says, Phil Simms days, Otis Anderson days. It was back then. And it's funny. I mean, I'm a, I, I, you know, I think if you, at least in my, in my case, and I think a lot of, a lot of at least dudes, boys, I say young boys when we were like kids, right? Your favorite color means the world to you, right? Just like your favorite number. Well, my favorite color was blue, and I was fucking infatuated with blue, right? 
Uh, and the Giants were blue. Now, that's not necessarily why I fell in love with them, but that was definitely one reason. But it was just I started watching football. I just loved the way the Giants looked. They, you know, blue, white, big-ass face masks, just, you know, from New York. I don't know. I think New York and Vegas have a lot of similarities when it comes down to attitude, personality, and just not sleeping because those two cities, they just don't fucking sleep, right? But I got to say is just that I, it, almost every single New Yorker I ever ran into, I get along with very, very well, especially especially the cats from Long Island. So I just fell in love with the Giants. And I don't, you know, I come from, I'm generation, first generation born here in the U.S. My dad has never watched sports. And neither has any, you know, my uncles or my one of my uncles does watch. It's not my dad's side, but he does watch sports, but it's baseball. And nobody else has ever watched football. And, and they did it probably be soccer. So I actually watch real sports. And the other people like my, you know, my my grandpa, he was busy trying to just survive and make a living. So sports was probably a little bit on the, you know not on the radar even let's put it that way so i'm very happy you know this is one of the this is one of the times that i actually like you know i i definitely work quite a bit and some say i probably work a little more than i should but i don't mind it that's i'm fine with me i'm good with it i'd rather have it that way because it's nice to be productive but i also realize that i have to take time to enjoy myself sometimes, not not just okay, hanging out with my boys on the on the weekends. I'm just saying sometimes I gotta t I gotta step away and sit down on the couch and watch something and just enjoy it. And football gives me joy, okay. And I think that if something gives you joy, you know you you're you deserve it. I think you should do it because that's what we're here for, right? We're here to enjoy life, be happy, have fun. Because there's a lot of shit out there that's always trying to take that away from us. And if we have control over it, why would I take it away from myself? I shouldn't. So football is the shortest seasons as far as sports go. And I enjoy it. And I love it. And I figured, you know what? This time I'm going to make a little time for it. And I think I should. Uh, that and tennis, actually, because I love tennis. But I only watch the majors. There's four of them. And... Right now, actually, the tennis is going to be on, but I have to watch football. That's the way it is. Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to go on too much about football, but I am happy because it's football, and I'm going to celebrate with pizza and beer. Because why? Because fuck it. That's why. All right, really quick. Let's get back. Okay, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Hella Average. I didn't even say it at the beginning. Part two, but anyway, Hella Average with me. Also, don't forget to check out my Instagram, Jose Meza underscore creator. And I'm not going to mention anymore. I have a few things in the works. Not not like, like well, okay, just Jose Meza comedy. I actually getting really close. I know I keep saying this, but I am really getting close to posting a, a, quite a few things on here. So very excited about that. I've, I've built, I don't want to say database, but I do have a lot of things I can post. And I just came to that realization and, uh, you know, also I do have a, uh, an Etsy store right now. That's one thing I've actually been working on with mugs. It's called, the store is called Flicks, Flickware and I'm selling mugs currently. 
I will then be also selling a few other things, but I've been working quite a bit on that, trying to do a little bit of uh, build some passive income basically. So that's nice. And still been posting quite a bit on YouTube. So don't forget to check out my YouTube. And that's Jose Meza, The Degenerate. Been loving that, of course. So don't forget to subscribe to that and smash that fucking like button. And, you know, karate kick, roundhouse, that bell, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. And enjoy because it's, you know, I got, I got a lot of things in the hopper right now. And it's, and it's a good thing. All right. So now that I've got the shameless plugs in, let's get to it, shall we? Because... I'm running out of time here. It's already been eight minutes. Okay. All right. So uh, a quick, quick recap. The mysterious disappearances in national parks and the mysterious disappearances in the wilderness. And there has been quite a few people, kids, um, adults, all sorts that have disappeared. Okay. The phenomenon really quick is the phenomenon of people disappearing in national parks and wilderness areas is a complex and sometimes mysterious issue, right? While many disappearances can be attributed to natural factors such as accidents, wildlife encounters, or getting lost, there have also been cases that have fueled speculation and conspiracy theories. So you guys might not realize this. And again, the ones that you listen to part two, you already do. But in the heart of our nation's majestic parks, and the wilderness areas, there are haunting mysteries that linger. The disappearances of those who had ventured into the great unknown and that have never returned, ever. Not even, not only not returned, never found. No trace, no body, nothing. As if they just completely vanished. Okay? The stories that we talked about were intriguing. Of course, have a lot of speculation, have captured the imaginations of many. But what truly lies behind everything is definitely a mystery. It's perplexing. So we dived in a little bit into the shadows of those national state parks and where nature can actually turn a little bit dark or extremely dark. So, you know, um, there's been quite a bit. There really has been. And... It's pretty crazy to 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 think that so much so many people have disappeared. And it's been it's been said about 1600 unexplained disappearances in just North America alone in 2000 in 2020 not that they disappeared in 2020 but that was the count as of that time. So okay. Now it's not the National Park Park Service collects these but there's a lot of people that do and that's kind of basically the setup for this. So now we go into, after we went through some stories, some very interesting and kind of creepy and crazy stories, we now we now continue episode number 120 with part two with the theories. The theories that are included into these, these uh, disappearances, all right? So theories include... Among the awe-inspiring vistas and untouched landscapes of our national parks lie stories that defy explanation. Disappearances that have ignited the imagination and sparked a myriad of theories. We embark on a journey to explore the most intriguing and thought-provoking hypotheses that seek to unravel the mystery behind those who have vanished in the wild. Theory number one. The wilderness beckons. 
In the vast embrace of nature's grandeur, some purpose that some some propose that an irresist, irresistible allure lures wanderers into uncharted territories. The siren song of the unknown, they say, may lead individuals to venture deeper than intended, losing themselves amidst amidst the beauty that surrounds them. In the pursuit of solitude and exploration, they become entangled in the wilderness's embrace, a sacrifice to its mesmerizing call. Okay. Theory number two, the predator's lair. Among the shadows of towering trees and hidden valleys, whispers abound of elusive predators that call these lands home. Could it be that these hunters, masters of camouflage and stealth, are responsible for some of the mysterious that have plagued our parks? The tale of a predator stalking its unsuspecting prey adds a chilling layer to the narrative invoking primal fears that have haunted us for generations. And very much so. We all know that there are predators out there that can basically snag, snag anyone or anything in the blink of an eye, and you'd never know. It's especially when you're out there and nobody can hear you. All right? Theory number three, the unseen forces. As we stand on the threshold of what we understand, there are those who speculate that forces beyond our comprehension are at play. Could the energy fields, ley lines, or other unexplained phenomena hold the key to these disappearances? Are we witnessing a con convergence of dimensions where time and space intertwine, allowing some to slip beyond our grasp? Well... I don't know. I do believe in some weird stuff. I don't know so much about dimensions, honestly. I, I Maybe if I kind of knew a little bit more about them. I do 100% believe in aliens. No, no question there. But that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting theory with energy fields and, you know, a convergence of dimensions. Of course, nothing's out of the question. Theory number four. Guardians of the Threshold. In the tapestry of legends and folklore, there are tales of ancient spirits and mystical guardians that watch over the land. Could these ether ethereal sentinels be responsible for safeguarding the sanctity of our nature? Sanctity, sorry. Some, uh, some that... Sorry, some posit, uh, something misspelled here. <laughs> I copied and pasted, so I don't know. That those who cross into their domain may face, I said some propose, probably was supposed to say, some propose that those who cross into their domain face of fate intertwined with these otherworldly beings forever becoming a part of enigmatic stories that permeate the wilderness. Okay. That one's a little different. And theory number five, the final one, at least in this article, in this research that I did, there might be more. Theory number five, a confluence of events. Amidst the mysteries, there are those who advocate for a more mundane explanation. They suggest that a convergence of seemingly unrelated events from sudden weather changes to navigational errors 
could be responsible for the disappearances. In this view, it is the perfect storm of circumstances that swallows the unwary traveler, leaving behind a puzzle with no supernatural pieces. Okay. As you ponder these theories, remember that each one carries a fragment of truth, a shard of insight into the vast labyrinth of mysteries that intertwine with the natural world, the allure of the wild, the shadows that dance upon the fringes of our understanding, the delicate balance between our world and the unknown. These are the threads that weave the tapestry of disappearances in our national parks. And listen, you have all sorts of things and all sorts of people, all sorts of beliefs, perspectives, whatever. The beauty about having your own opinion is that you're allowed to have your own opinion. And I'm not going to like, hey, if that's what you believe, cool. I'm not going to say you shouldn't. Uh, you know, I think I think the worst is when people are having different opinions and they get mad because you don't believe what they believe or vice versa. Or that you're wrong and I'm right. The The opinion should be like, hey, you believe that? I believe this. No, who knows what's right? Who knows what's wrong? And you call it good. Outside, of course, like a flat earther deal. That is 100% bullshit. And that is, uh, that type of shit I can't fucking do. But aliens, spiritual, who knows, right? Ghosts I don't believe in. Some people do. And hey, until I see different, I'll say they don't. And some people say they do. So who knows? So anyways, earlier, in, and this was in part one, I, I went over a brief series, name of a series called Missing 411. Okay. It's an author and former police officer at Yosemite National Park. David Politis. And he is the one that thinks that there's more intriguing things afoot. His books have examined, and this is a series, his books have examined more than 1,100 cases of people who mysteriously vanished the United States National Park. So I said I was going to go into this later. That's just before I realized that this was going to actually be a two-parter. And now we are two missing 411 book series i would kind of actually be interested in this i think it might have some some uh some good pull honestly sorry tissue um i think this is a good i think this is a good spot to start looking into as well i'm sure they already have but i'm saying this is definitely for somebody that really wants to get into it this is this is probably one of them. Among others, gotta have looked into these a lot. So sorry. Missing 411 book series. What is this in, what is this series about? Well, Missing 411 is a series of books written by David Politis. The series focuses on the mysterious disappearances of people often in national parks and other remote, remote wilderness areas. Excuse me. The author, a former law enforcement officer, suggests that there are unusual and unexplained patterns in many of these cases, including the circumstances of the disappearances, the behavior of search and rescue teams, and the lack of typical evidence. 
Politis explores cases where individuals have gone missing under unusual circumstances, such as experienced hikers vanishing without a trace or children disappearing despite being in the care of their parents. He raises questions about the official explanations for these disappearances and presents theories that involve factors such as wildlife predation, predation, paranormal events, government cover-ups, and potential connections to unidentified flying objects, UFOs, which, again, 100% believe in, especially the shit that I've seen before. Critics of the Missing 411 series argue that Politis often relies on anecdotal anecdotal <laughs> anecdotal sorry uh anecdotal evidence cherry picks cases and attributes mysterious explanations without sufficient scientific basis some experts in search and rescue as well as natural phenomena have debunked or dismissed his theories as lacking credible evidence in summary the missing 401 books series explores the enigmatic disappearances of individuals man they really like using that word here Disappearances of individuals in wilderness areas presenting theories that go beyond conventional explanations. So, one little thing for me is like, I'm sorry, hitting the, uh, the coffee. One little thing that kind of I saw was cherry picks cases. Now, I don't know what they mean by cherry picks cases as far as what, are, how are they referring to as cherry picking? Because you could say, Oh yeah, he's cherry picking cases. Although maybe he's found some cases and then they had an explanation or they, you know, they found the answers to it or something like that. So why would you do a story on that? So you're cherry picking cases because you're saying, hey, this one's already been solved and this one hasn't. And this is the ones I want to follow because there's no explanation here. Or maybe they say, oh yeah, he's cherry picking cases on, on what other format that maybe... There, there hasn't been more information released, and he decides to pick on those. Like, I don't get it. So, cherry picking cases, it's, it's who knows at this point, right? It, it could be that, again, it's not that he's cherry picking cases, that he's just going after the ones that actually are mysterious. Who knows? I'm just saying I have no idea, one way or the other. It could, it could be that he's cherry picking cases. It could be cases that... He, He's only he's only choosing for that particular reason. And why wouldn't he? He's an author. He wants to sell his books. So there's that, you know, so who knows? I, I have no idea. I'm just saying you got to look at both sides. So we went over the theories that we uh, that I found that there was five of them, right? Well, we have theories uh, from the 411 miniseries. And this, this, this should be interesting. I haven't read any of these myself, so this should be interesting. All right, so here are some of the missing 411 theories, okay? The, th the series is composed of several volumes, each examining a collection of cases where individuals have gone missing under unusual circumstances. While the series has garnered a dedicated following, it has also, it has also faced skepticism and criticism for its speculative theories and lack of scientific rigor. 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 I want to put a little risque type of deal in there. All right. So number one, first, you know, key themes and cases. Okay. Number one is unexplained disappearances. The core focus of the Missing 401 series is on cases where individuals vanish without a trace in remote wilderness regions, often defined conventional explanations. 
These individuals range from experienced hikers and hunters to children under the care of their parents. That doesn't sound like more more theories. Maybe we'll see. We'll keep going. But anyway, maybe it's just basically key themes and cases. Maybe that's what they're explaining a little bit. Okay. Number two, pattern recognition. One of the central claims of the series is the identification of unusual patterns and commonalities among the disappearances. Politis argues that these patterns suggest something more than mere accidents or animal predation. Number three, mysterious circumstances. The cases often featuring puzzling circumstances, such as the sudden and unexplained cessation of tracking scents by trained dogs, the discovery of missing persons in previously searched areas, in instances where victims are found miles away from when they were last seen. Number four, lack of evidence. Another point of intrigue in the series is the absence of typical evidence in many cases. Victims' clothing, shoes, and personal belongings are often missing. missing. While the cause of death, if the individual is found deceased, remains unclear. Search and rescue challenges. Politis suggests, that's number five, sorry. Politis suggests that search and rescue operations in these cases are unusually difficult, with experienced teams struggling to locate missing individuals despite extensive efforts. And number six, controversial theories. The series delves into speculative theories, including possible involvement of wildlife, Bigfoot, <laughs> sorry, that's, that's the one I just, I can't get behind, man. Uh, and other cryptids, paranormal, paranormal phenomena, government secrecy, and even extraterrestrial abduction. I would say that's probably the one I lean more towards. Well, that ain't government. You can't trust those motherfuckers. <sighs> Another thing it touches, well, not that it touches. Here's a criticism and skepticism, skepticism that this series by Politis has endured. The missing 411 series has attracted skepticism and criticism from both the scientific community and outdoor enthusiasts. Anecdotal evidence. Critics argue that Politis often relies on anecdotal evidence which lacks scientific validity and can lead to biased interpretations. So... I'm sure everybody knows what anecdotal means, but just in case, it just basically means that that it's not necessarily true or reliable because it's actually based more on personal accounts than on facts or research, which is why scientists and, uh, you know, um, uh, outdoor enthusiasts and, and people that go only by facts have an issue over you know, those things. So that's why it makes sense for them to be skeptical about that. Okay, next is, well, we actually just kind of, I actually just talked about this a second ago, is cherry-picking cases. Accusations of cherry-picking cases have been raised, suggesting that Politis selects cases that fit his theories while ignoring those that do not. Okay, so that's definitely a little bit more of a breakdown and more of an explanation. Uh, now, now, again, that can still go with exact what I just said a, a little bit ago is that maybe it's not that it's his theories, maybe that it's going, OK, this this has holes in it. This I found more information on. So no reason to talk about that one again. 
who knows? Or it could be the fact that it's his theories, right? And if it doesn't align with that, then he doesn't run with the story. Who knows? Number three is alternative explanations. Skeptics offer skeptics offer alternatives explanations such as harsh environmental conditions, human error, accidents, and animal predation, which which can account for many of the cases presented. Um, sorry, I, I was distracted there. Um, let me read that again. So I apologize. Alternative explanations. Skeptics offer alternative explanations such as harsh environment conditions, okay, human error, accidents, and animal predation, which can account for many of these cases presented. Probably. Number four, lack of scientific methodology. The series has been criticized for lacking proper scientific methodology and failing to provide empirical evidence to support its theories. Listen, you can see both sides. I get it. So it just for me, it just depends on what you believe or what you want to believe or what makes more sense to you. One way or another, I don't think anybody's right or wrong. I just think it's very interesting when there is a, in a disappearance and it's that it makes no sense. I mean, zero sense. Like the, some of those stories that I went over in part one made zero sense and have not been solved ever, especially the one that one from 19, what, 26 or 29 with the couple on a honeymoon. And now... Could she have done what they said is, you know, killed her husband or something like that? Absolutely. No question. But to never be found again, I, I granted I was way back, way back in the early days, in the early 1900s, where they had a lot of lack of, you know, communication and ways to gather evidence and so forth. But there's still some that have been recently with the, the, the little boy that ran, that was just yards, you know, just some yards away from the cabin and never returned and was found. What I think they said, I think it was 30 miles later. It's the, the, and the little girl that was found after days, days later and came out of a cave and was completely calm. So listen, there's, there's a lot of things out there that still haven't been on, have still not been explained. And she's, lived still and I'm, i don't know i'm assuming she's still alive so if she is wouldn't you be wondering what's going on there right and wouldn't you want to talk to her about it maybe she doesn't remember maybe she doesn't want to say anything who knows but here's the thing there's some that are unexplained what could it be and the best thing you can do is come up with theories what science what science going to say about that so you got to remember that they have to be questioned as well okay so if you if that doesn't say it then what what is your theory i'd be interested to hear what they had to say who knows right all right so in conclusion the missing 411 series by david politis explores the perplexing disappearances of individuals in wilderness areas attributing them to a range of unconventional explanations while the series has gained a dedicated following and sparked intrigue into unexplained mysteries, its theories have been met with skepticism due to the absence of robust scientific evidence and the speculative nature of its claims. As such, man, I almost sound like a fucking, like, though, like I'm selling, um, you know, some type of pharmacy, pharmaceuticals there on television, and the, you're playing this, the, the dumb, horrible fucking song in the background. And, and this will clear your head and this will be great. And now you can live life, but you'll be bleeding out your asshole and your tits will be falling off. And, you know, 
your fucking nose will be twisted and it, it I I hate hate those commercials. And if you guys have noticed, they've really picked those up after the whole COVID thing has worn out because you know why? Cuz they made hundreds of billions of dollars and now they can't make it. So what are they doing? They're pushing the fucking shit even more. You're not a fuck you're you, you know, you're not a fucking patient, you're a fucking customer as they say. Ugh, don't even get me started on that. I wouldn't want to do a podcast on that because that that that'd be a that have to be a podcast in, on its entirety. I think only based on that. Okay, where was I? Sorry, I, I fucking go off. Remember, I always got to go on a tangent. I just went off on that one. Almost done. I almost got to get. I got to get going. So, um, let's see. Where were we? Scientific science. As such, readers are encouraged to approach the series with critical thinking and an understanding of its controversial nature. Perfect. Here we go. Okay. Conclusion, and here we are. Again, I apologize it is short, but hey, this time at least I said it was going to be short, and it is. Football's calling me, and so is pizza and beer. Oh, pumpkin porter, too, from Four Peaks. Mm. Best, one of the best beers I've ever had, and I'm not even that big of a pumpkin porter fan. That tells you something. All right, conclusion. Just remember one thing, my friends. Just remember one thing. We are far, far smaller than we realize. We are a fucking speck in this place. As we venture further into this enigmatic realm, let us not forget the untamed majesty of our natural sanctuaries. Vast landscapes that can both awe and humble the human spirit. Accidents, harsh weather, accidents, harsh weather, Wildlife encounters. These are these are the hazards that dot the path of any intrepid adventurer. And while some mysteries endure, it is vital to remember the dedication of those who have tirelessly, tirelessly searched the park rangers, the search and rescue teams, the guardians of our wilderness. So as you stand on the precipice of our next great escapade into the heart of nature's grandeur, Remember the stories that whisper through the leaves and rustle through the branches. The tales of those who had ventured forth and never returned. Their echoes forever etched into that landscape. Approach with respect. Prepare with care. And let the wind carry these stories into the animals of the wild unknown. All right, peeps. I appreciate you guys taking the time once again to stop by and listening to my podcast. Truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I know time, I always say, Tam, time is the, the most valuable asset and it's the one that we take most for granted. Please, please don't do so. It is very important how we subsidize our time to what and most importantly, to whom. If they bring value to your life and bring love and care and all the above and just like I said, value, Make sure you take care of those people. They will take care of you. It's important to have those in our lives, in our circle. Those who do not bring value to you. Those who want to just talk to you on their own time, on their terms, and only reach out when they need something or someone. Remember that those are the ones that are usually in costume, in a sense. They're not really who they are. Uh, who they say they are or pretend who they 
who they who they are or to pretend to be. They're the ones that you have to be most careful of. So time is of the essence. Time is the only thing we actually have. It can never, ever bank, get back, exchange in any other fashion. Take care of your friends. Take care of your families. Be good to each other. Be kind to one another. And remember that in the end, we're all here fighting for the same thing, especially within your circle. Love you, people. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for giving me that honor of your most valuable asset. Truly appreciate it. And I hope that you guys subscribe to this podcast. Check out the YouTubes because it's a little bit of entertainment and so forth. And my IG. And also, before I forget, don't forget to check out my boy, Rick. Rick's uh, business, ExoMod, which I love being a part of and working. Thank you again, Rick. And also, also want to thank Chad McDaniel. You can always find him on Twitter. That cat's always supporting me too, always has. Great, great people. I appreciate them, and I appreciate everybody else around here. And one more thing. Go Big Blue. I'm out, motherfuckers. That's a fucking wrap.